welcome to Soundcheck, the alternative and rock music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. Today, we're inviting back a very, very special guest who is dressed very dapper for the occasion, if I may say so myself. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Elio Stante. I am back again. Wait, no, it's not again. I'm just back. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I'm having deja vu. I thought Michael was my co-host, and now... Of the old one, the old version is come I'm, back to haunt. I'm glad me. Elio is back though, because my favorite episodes are the ones that Elio is on, because he just always has points that I can argue with. So. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, You've I got very know. good points, Andrew. I, I feel except like for Twisted Sister. Shut up! Yeah, people are still giving me flack about like Dave was giving me shit about that after we recorded. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I don't know what's so wrong with Twisted Sister. <laughs> Oh no! You guys want to make a list or get that <laughs> smug look off your face, Brent? I'm telling you, get yeah. But so I am back. I am not taking over. I will not be back again, probably unless Aww. unless we do a YouTube retrospective, because that sounds awesome. Yeah, that but doesn't. I am here for a special reason, Andrew. What is that? Because we're talking about our guilty pleasure. As far as music goes. Yeah, yeah. Please <laughs> specify that. Yeah, that. I started sweating there for a second, man. Man, we've changed format, <laughs> listeners. This is no longer your music podcast. The guilty pleasures of music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Michael, please. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like everyone in the world has that one band or artist or maybe an album or a song that, you know, they say it in front of their friends and they're like, what are you talking about? That is not good at any any stretch of the means. And, and you know, we'll talk about that between us today and just stuff that people think the majority of people think is bad, but we find to be excellent. And we'll be arguing. There'll be tears shed. There will be punches thrown. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a fun time though. And then uh, we're also going to have a discussion. Like, is is guilty pleasure a correct term to throw on that? And is it important to you know identify that for yourself? And you know just what it means. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. You want to start there? Like, I mean, yeah. When when Andrew suggested this to me, I was like. What is, what kind of like goes with a guilty pleasure? Because I know that some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, I've mentioned it in public before, and obviously we I catch, one, which one? Yeah, yeah, I get I get a lot of flack for it. So I think that's kind of maybe one of the things that is a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. This was this this song. one was particularly very hard for me because I I tend to wear my music taste on my sleeves. I don't really hide it. Like, and I think I don't think a lot of people do. Um, I do have some that are going to be like most of my stuff that I got here is just like, okay, that's different. But I, you know, I've never like, you know, I never consider that to be God awful. Some of the stuff I got is just going to be like, Michael, what you smoking? But like, it's, I don't know. It's, it was particularly hard for me for this episode to figure out something that I could talk about. Yeah. You know, for, for me, yeah. I mean, what's a guilty pleasure? I mean, tech, I mean, again, music tastes are are subjective. Mm -hmm. So ultimately there really shouldn't be any guilty pleasures. And, you know, I don't think anyone should feel bad for liking what they like. You know, for like Twisted Sister, for instance. Mm-hmm. Although, although Twisted Sister is not in this list because I do not feel guilty for listening to Twisted Sister. I, I'd be hard pressed to find any big, like hard, hardcore music fans. You know, who doesn't have at least one or two, I guess. You know, dirty secrets they have in their music collection. You know, so mm-hmm. and I, I got a couple that I would be probably a little embarrassed if people knew. And of course, I'm going to share them today anyway. So it's a big societal thing, I think. As yeah. soon as a, as soon as people like the the mainstream deems a song or an artist bad or a particular genre, then from there you make decisions. 
Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that was kind of what sort of tied the ones that I picked together was that it's either society has deemed it bad to listen to them mm-hmm. or kind of like weird to listen to or all of mine kind of when I explain why I like them, I always have to like start to give like a preface to them, like a story that, mm-hmm. oh, I enjoyed it when I was a kid or like right. the listening to these songs. I remember hearing them in movies that I watched as a kid. So they were really enjoyable for me. So I think that's kind of what some of it is, is that it might not be quote unquote good music, but it does kind of bring you back to a place that you really enjoy and you can Mm -hmm. keep there with the music. It's I I thought of it as very contextual. Like I could use, I could easily pick out bands and songs that Andrew or you would hate. I could say, I could deem you two as a guilty pleasure for me, but that would just be for Andrew (laughs) Because they Man, were we able to good. sell out Ford Field, you know? So. Well, the, the way I kind of went about doing this, um, and then I'll, well, I'll lead that into, like, talking about some of the rules the guidelines had for this episode. Yeah. But, like, for me, like, when, when I think of guilty pleasures, it's hey, kind of like what Elio said about, like, what society, I guess, is deemed, you know, overall bad. And um, that, in a combination of, I still kind of think it's objectively bad music, but I still enjoy listening to it. And for for whatever reason, so that that's kind of how I picked it, and and that, I guess that kind of leads into some of the guidelines I had for 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 picking for how we decided this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think it's something we have to listen to at least somewhat regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think that's a big one. Another, I think, very important thing. It's not something you you enjoy ironically. Like you know, everyone knows the room, the movie, the room. It's right. so bad, it's good. Everyone enjoys laughing at it, but no one actually enjoys it. You know, because it's a good Peter Solar. Everyone sure. enjoys it because it's. <laughs> so, maybe it could be a good piece of art. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's some people again. It may, maybe uh, maybe just ironic enjoyment is good art to people, and that's fine. But obviously, people, th- there is a sense that wow, this movie is this is still really a bad piece of art. But I think it's so entertainingly bad that I enjoy it for that. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't, and I really don't think that counts as guilty pleasures because you're you're laughing at the music, you're not laughing with it. Mm-hmm. So okay. That's kind of that. And then um, I don't remember if I had any other big ones other than the fact that uh, we do not know each other's guilty pleasures. I know some of Elio's. Um, so other than that, I've I'll, dropped hints here and there huh? of mine. I've dropped hints here and there of mine. Yeah, and I, I think for some of these I have for sure. I know I've mentioned one of them to you, but you didn't even know who this person was. So Right. And that's why that's why I thought another big rule was like kind of kind of go as mainstream as possible yeah. while that should that can be a little hard is like make sure we all know at least have an idea of who this artist is so we can make proper determinations mm-hmm. of if they are it can be deemed a guilty pleasure or not so i think we have a general consensus you shouldn't feel guilty about it but we're going to completely contradict that with the concept of this episode yeah. it's your music rare like i guess a little i mean throw it out there like if someone's making fun of you for your music taste that means they don't have a lot to make fun of you for <laughs> like Honestly, don't feel ashamed of that. But anyway, I think Elio should so start. So what I'm getting at, you shouldn't make fun of me for liking Twisted Sister. No, but no, we no, will. But no, we will. no, no, we will. <laughs> yeah, but we will. <laughs> okay, so I want Elio to go first because I know what one of his choices is. I'd be even before going into this. So just, just, just. I'm actually going to save that one for last. So, no, But it's not a surprise to anyone. So um, the All one right. that I want to start with is 
what would be considered spaghetti western music. Wow. Okay. So music that you would typically find in like the the dollar trilogy, which is like a fistful of dollars, and then you have Good, Bad, and the Ugly, uh, El Pistolero, and then you've got just a whole bunch of other ones that came out in the 70s. Where have you talked about this before? Was that um, the last episode we did was, together? Yeah. yeah, it was the yeah. one where I kind of went off on my tangent about Western movies. Right, right. And I love Western movies, and I love Western music because it's, it, it's so unique, and it's, and it's hilarious that, like, Western America is, like, one of the most American things you can find. And then it's just a bunch of Italians making these movies <laughs> and making music for it. The the music for me, I find really interesting because you kind of have like these recurring characters that you have the the bandit character, which you know is the villain. You have sort of like a, a woman character. They, mm-hmm. e- they either have a name for her or they don't. And that's a common theme. And then they always are talking about like like a pistol and they're going to shoot people. And right. it's, it, every song is kind of like a little story in itself about what is going on. So I find that music really interesting. Is it all kind of replicated, though, with those same themes? And that's why you would consider it kind of objectively bad or a guilty pleasure? Um, I, I think it's a guilty pleasure for me because... Whenever I have tried to explain it, people are like, why? Like, why is it? Why would you ever listen to this? Like, what Like, what reason do you have for listening to this? Right. Like, people are like, it belongs in a movie. That's kind of like all of where it belongs. Because I'd be like, it kind of does because the way that some of these songs were written were specifically to underlay a movie. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's like, I know nobody else that says, oh, yeah, I sit down and listen to, uh, like, the theme music or Hateful Eight, even though that's a Tarantino movie. It's still in the the spaghetti Western genre. I mean, I I, I do find that a bit silly for someone to say, well, why do you listen to me? Like, well, are you not allowed to listen to John Williams pieces, like, outside of the movies? I mean, that's a bit... I mean, that does seem like a bit of a silly point. I mean, I picked, I, I, I did pick it for, for guilty pleasure because, I mean, you don't really listen to John Williams pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I, mean, I can you definitely see why you, you chose it. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you don't, you don't just sit down and you're like, you know, I want to listen to this today, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, for, for a lot of people, it is something that they would probably never listen to. And they, I don't know, they just don't understand it, Yeah. you know? I want to know kind of the... um the emotional stuff that, that you would get from hearing this music because you were talking about uh, kind of a nostalgia factor when it comes to this stuff. Did you listen to this kind of music? Have you been listening to this for a long time or is this kind of a newer thing? Yeah, my grand, my grandfather, he's he's an immigrant. He barely, he speaks some broken English mm-hmm. and but he loves John Wayne movies and he loves Western movies because that's what he saw when he first came to America and we when I was little, we would watch Gunsmoke, which was an old TV show mm. that takes place in in the West, and then we would watch the old Clint Eastwood movies and all all those movies. So that that's kind of where it brings me to is being like a little kid watching these movies with my right, grandfather. Right. But I do find the music really interesting because it's totally unlike any other music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've know I've heard clips from the, those old movies before. I've never seen them. I'm sorry, Elio. Oh, that, 
That's fine. <laughs> I've, been, I've heard I've heard old clips, and, and you know, it, it definitely, from what I've heard, it's definitely, it definitely brings a lot of excitement, I would imagine, emotionally. And, yeah. You know, and, it, 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 and that's why I, if, if I'm going to bring John Williams up again, that's why I would listen to even something like Duel of the Fates. Say what you will about the Phantom Mantis. It, it's not. Oh, the fan- music's fantastic. The mu- mm-hmm. Yeah, the music's great. And that Duel of Fates, I will, I will argue, is one of the best piece of film scores ever made. Even out of the, co- like, I think some of these works of music, even out of the context of a TV show or a movie, still, I think, have a lot of musical merits on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah having that that context and that background of like being a little kid and watching these movies with your grandparents um if if people actually were to come up to you and say like well that that's weird or that's bad uh, do you do you actually feel ashamed of it or do you actually get like some sort of sense of pride where it's like no this is my this is my music like you don't have to like it but this is what I am into uh i don't know i think maybe Maybe when I was younger, I don't know, like I guess in high school where everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I I listen to rap music, you know, in Mm -hmm. high school. But like I probably wouldn't have said like right out. Oh, yeah, I listen to Western music. You know, Mm -hmm. I drop hints here and there that I really like Western movies, but I don't ever say outright Mm -hmm. that I listen to Western music. You know, Um, I don't think I feel ashamed of it anymore. But like it's kind of one of those things that if nobody asked me about it. I don't talk about it because then it's it's always the questions. Okay. Well, that music's not good, or well, why do you listen to it? And then you know, it's just kind of like people don't get it, and then sure. I have to sit there and explain myself for forever. Sure. So I mean, I think that's why for me it's a guilty pleasure, because no, that's that's interesting. I'm glad you started with that one. Yeah. But, all right. So so the song that I've chosen is a uh, Big Iron by Marty Robbins, and it's from his gunfighter ballad that's really interesting it's just like acoustic music to the town of Alfrio rode a stranger one fine day hardly spoke to folks around but yeah like the characters you know like there's the stranger which is like the good guy you have sometimes a sheriff who's like the lawman but he's usually corrupt there's some, some interesting characters in there yeah. I mean, um, but you know, so when I hear that, I think of that like sort of really like the folkier side of country music, and yeah. like of like older country, and that's where I can kind of get into that. It's the only like western and country music, whatever you want to like. That's only this is the only kind of stuff where I can get into it, especially if there's an interesting story behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, just shoot, shoot me some songs. I guess to check out. I'm yeah. interested. Yeah, but I mean, the one that everybody would know is the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Is that the song. like the whistling? No. Yeah. It's one that uh, like Metallica starts off like every every concert of theirs with this, right? They started off with either this or the Ecstasy of Gold, which I don't know where they that's do Ecstasy from. of Gold. Yeah, I know, I know, I know this Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Like everybody knows, right? Have so. you ever seen that video of that old man in the? Uh, I think it's in a subway in like New York, and he's able to do the entire thing with just a guitar and like using his mouth for like the sound effects. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that, that was a, that was a decent pick, Elio. But Very good pick. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as far as stuff that we would call a guilty pleasure, but I feel like I feel like I got I got an excellent pick to start off. Okay. Yeah. So mine comes from the '80s, which I think where a lot of guilty pleasures come from. Oh, let's gross. face it. Well, Michael, I I think it's time for us to go to a white wedding. <laughs> Billy Mother Fucking Idol. Oh God. Oh yeah. Do you like do do, do you like Billy Idol, Elio? I don't listen to him a lot or at all, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, 
I, I, I know White Wedding and then Rebel Yell. Well, yeah, that's it. What do you think of Billy Idol, Michael? Want to know something? <laughs> Go right ahead. This is the first time I've ever heard Billy Idol in my life. <laughs> You've never listened to Billy Idol before? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm you don't not make kidding. this one. But like, uh, I don't know, playing it. I mean, <laughs> it sounds it sounds pretty cool. I mean, sounds like a good '80s like kind of so synth poppy kind of stuff. Yeah. So here's the thing. For first of all, I'm no massive Billy Idol fan. What? Mm -hmm. As far as '80s pop rock, I think he's up there, like almost like top tier. Mm -hmm. But now I have a, I have a rule with Billy Idol, and this is gonna sound a little weird, but he'll hear me out. Um. I have the same rule with Billy Idol that I do with Elvis Presley. That means only the fast tempo stuff. Hmm. Like Elvis Presley, Billy Idol's slow songs are some of the most agonizingly cheesy stuff you will ever hear to a point where it makes you sick. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Elvis's slow song. So, like, I'm okay with Hound Dog. I'm even okay with Suspicious Minds, which I would also kind of throw under the guilty pleasure category of that song. Mm -hmm. And same, same with Billy Idol, White Wedding or um, Go Dancing With Myself is a great one, um, mm -hmm. Rebel Yell, um, even some decent deep cuts in some of his uh, first two albums. But yeah, um, he, probably one of the reasons why I actually like Billy Idol, other than other pop rock contemporaries of the time, like Duran Duran. I fucking hate Duran Duran. Oh yeah. With a passion. But I'm okay with Billy Idol because, you know, he has a punk background. He, he really does. He, 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 he started in a band called Generation X. Yeah. Borderline punk band. But, and then he went solo, and then he did his whole pop thing. He's not a punk artist whatsoever. Hmm. But he had, but at least in some of the songwriting, you can hear it. Yeah, you can kind of hear it, you yeah. know. He has, to, that's why I think I like his really up-tempo, fast stuff. That being said, it's Billy Idol, and Rebel Yell is, if, if you're using that for your rebellious anthem, you, you you don't have anything to rebel about. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So like, do you do you really do you do you like Billy Idol? Is that because obviously you're a huge punk fan? Now, if you do you like those faster songs? Is it because of the more punk side of those songs that you is kind of what draws you to them, or like what I mean, what draws you to this? Because I mean, well. It's fun. It's catchy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really nothing deeper than that. I mean, yeah, I think part of it can, because I'm not going to say he doesn't really have that much of a punk attitude. He doesn't. But yeah, I think just some of the songwriting, mm -hmm. I, I, to me, um, yeah, it, it has that, you know, again, up-tempo, fun what, feeling. Yeah. When was the first exposure? Was this something that, uh, like, your parents oh, played? Or? I don't know. Um, I think I may have heard Rebel Yell in a video game, and I realized, oh, this is an uh. action. More, more, cause more came on. More, it's like, I'm actually kind of liking this shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I, 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 I've told you before. Some of my favorite stuff has come from video game soundtracks. Oh yeah, like GTA. Yes, yeah, Skate nice. Three. Um, yeah, what was it? Uh, Need, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit had some oh, great yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I discovered Dead Sarah through um one of the Need for Speed games. Um, oh, really. What's it called? Uh, it was Most Wanted, I think. That was oh one. yeah, it's Most Wanted that I played. Because they used Weatherman as the theme song to that. Oh, yeah, it's a good song. This is uh this is a little out there. Um, I have it written down here that uh, I like the Lennon boys, Sean and Julian. My my as a big John Lennon guy, favorite Beatle. Um, and we were talking before prior to this, we were talking about the Beatles because I I was at a uh, a Beatles cover band concert last night. Um, 
read that on cmlife.com. But I uh, <laughs> plug in my own stories. But I, um, I, I, I really, John Lennon's my favorite Beatle. I love his solo stuff. Um, in, in some cases, it's better than what the Beatles record. But, um, but I love the work of Sean Ono Lennon and Jul- Julian Lennon. Um, my, my dad came home one day with um, Julian Lennon's first LP um, called, I think it's pronounced Velote. Valote. Um, it's got some great tracks on it, um, including this one, which I'll pull up here. But um, I gave it a spin. Here, I'll just play the title track for you. But usually, when people think of uh, a, a artist, it really sounds like his dad. That's crazy. Oh, just wait till you hear Sean. <laughs> but like, um, when people think of artists that have uh, parents that are big superstars, especially when it's a Beatle, like you think they're gonna really drive that home to in their career. That like, oh, my dad's uh, this famous musician, so therefore I can't go wrong. Whereas I think. With the with the Lennon boys, they really put a lot of time and experimentation, and they don't they don't copy their dad by any means, um, especially on on Julian's most recent album. I want to stop you right there because this first song that you're playing yeah. sounds like it could be a John Lennon song. It really, Absol- yeah. absolutely. I know. So I mean, the so maybe like, that's not a. But listen to this one, which is off his most recent album, uh, Everything Changes. Whereas th- this one kind of takes on a more like acoustic piano pop kind of setting, really early 2000s. Um, I don't know when this album came out. Uh, so I mean, this there's, 2013. There's definitely elements of like of John Lennon. Oh yeah, you can't yeah, escape yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah. like, and that's what drew me to it originally. But oh, as I okay. listen to it more and more, I can see that oh, you know, these. I feel like these characters, especially especially Sean, which I'll play you in a second, they, they try to go above and beyond what their dad did. So, um, so but he, he, here's, here's my question, though. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this is a guilty pleasure for you? Do, do a lot of people do not, do a lot of people don't like their music? Because, I mean, this is good music. Yeah, this, this yeah. is not terrible. I don't know. I, I think, like, when I think of uh, what I was talking about earlier, where it's like a child star that had a, a, a musical parent. Think of, like, Billy Ray Cyrus, right? And, oh, and Miley. So you're... So you think, like, if you were to say, hey, I like Julian or Sean Lennon, people would go, well, why would you listen to them? Just listen to John? Exactly. Oh, I exactly. I, I kind of get that, but then, but, yeah. but here, but I do have actually have a counter to, to that argument. Mm. The wallflowers. You know what the wallflowers are? That, God, yes. Who? Yeah, Jacob yeah. Dylan, Bob Dylan's son. Right. When you listen to the wallflower, I, I, I'm okay with the wallflowers. Mm. I really, they have a song called Angel on My Bike. I, re, I love that song. I, I think that's a largely fairly underrated song from the 90s mm-hmm. uh, um, but when you listen to the Wallflowers whatever you think of them you don't really get Bob Dylan no they, yeah. they, they oh, definitely yeah. have their own sound and then I think doesn't Bob Dylan's grandson also have like a rap career too I think that's a thing I heard <laughs> really I think so that's interesting I'd like to hear that so it, it, uh, <laughs> sounds horrible. <laughs> I know, I was, I, oh I'm probably closer God. to Elio on that one. But <laughs> when um, you said that, I got wide eyed. I was like, "Jeez." Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I could. That's what I've heard. I might be wrong on that, but I, I don't think being a son or a sort of a child, whoever, of a famous musician, doesn't automatically equal that stigma. No, it doesn't automatically equal bad, or it doesn't automatically equal like, "Oh, why would you say that?" But I don't know. It, 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 I you, just think. 
Which, I'm sorry, but you but you do have to contend with the question of why don't you just listen to John? Yeah, so yeah. sometimes you do get that. And it's fun to compare, I think, um, you know, their children with their their parents' music, um, which is what I do all the time with Julian and, and Sean, where it's like, uh, what parts of it uh, equal more Beatles stuff, what parts of it don't. Sean put out an album called uh, uh, Friendly Fire, and you can look at this album cover, and you can see like, oh yeah, there's John. There's John. Ah, but like yeah, he and he and he and this is kind of the example with kind of like Julian's first album, where like he does pull in a little like, oh yeah, I'm I'm the son of a Beatle kind of thing. But then you hear his side project with Les Claypool of Primus called the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Um, Oh, that's interesting. It's it's some of my favorite psychedelic rock ever released, and they released a um, this track off of their. I think this is their only album. Just say diss track. No, a uh, this this track. So now this is Les Claypool and Sean, or this is Julie? Les Claypool and Sean Lennon. That sounds like some psychedelic Beatles. That's yeah. crazy. Like it's, that it sounds, sounds like, like this a, could be off of Revolver easily. Revolver or uh, what's the White Album? That too, or or um, Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Sgt. Pepper's, but that's cool. I yeah, like it. Cool sounds good. Yeah. I, Michael, you're, this is a cop out choice. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, okay. this, this is good music. Okay. Not cool, Damn Michael. Damn it. All right. Well, I already, already, already fucked up. But anyway, it's fun. No, no, you're it's doing fun great, to, honey. You're it's doing fun, great. It's fun to see uh, how Julian and Sean split. Whereas, like Julian, kind of takes the more popular side, and Sean will take the more psychedelic side and that's the more. Cool non-approachable stuff i don't know i i love like i just love the like lennon and their legacy and his legacy of music and it it, and how it transferred to his kids too um i don't know i prefer sean over julian but um i don't know i just i just think it's it's a great choice and i kind of got what go ahead i brought forward Philly fucking idol, and you're you're bringing Beatle prodigies. <laughs> They're I, not I feel prodigies. Like this is incomparable. Hey, when have you ever seen any album by Sean and Julian on? I mean, uh, fair, but do people regardly like hate them? I like it because I, I like it. That's the problem, though. No, no, I t- I I can understand why it is it is a guilty pleasure because you do you do have to deal with the question that of it's why don't you listen to the dad? Much like it's like. Why do you listen to Western music? No, no, I get it. I get it. All right, I think it's all, right good. all right, all right, all right. I won't harp on it. So I'm not going to actually say what this artist is because I want to see if you guys can actually guess it. Okay. So, because I don't think you will. Twisted Maybe sister. from the vocals. What? I said Twisted Sister. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I, I, I think you guys actually might be genuinely surprised who this is. Okay, play it. You want the, the sound? Sammy Hagar. Oh, no. I, I was going to say whoever wrote the Sonic to the Hedgehog soundtrack. <laughs> no. Oh, um, <laughs> who's, the, who's the Top Gun song? Danger no. Zone. Uh, uh, Kenny Loggins. Not Kenny Loggins? I don't know. I have no idea. Hold on. What, what, what year? Oh, this was 83. 83? If you couldn't tell. You might be able to guess from the vocals. Who's the sound like to you? You guys are not even close. Dude, I have no idea who this is. Is this a punk artist that I'm missing out on? Did they go this on to is become bad religion? Oh. Oh. This is this bad... is from their super bad album. 
Yeah, I, I know I've talked to both of you about this. Let's. Uh, I knew, I knew you were. I know someone was gonna have this reaction. I like how he gets bad religion into every episode. <laughs> we, we they, I don't know if you caught the last episode, but we're gonna change the, the name of this of this podcast to Andrew tells you why your favorite bands are bad, and then tells you why bad religion is better than everything else. Yeah, I know. That's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Why is this well, a guilty pleasure? Okay. Because it's bad. Because <laughs> it's objectively just their worst album. Oh, it's okay. Bad religion. Let's go. So, okay. So, honestly, this is one of the most. This album is to me one of the most fascinating things ever that's ever happened to music, punk, whatever. It's the fact that this thing exists. So, this is their second album. Most people will think Suffer is their second album, and it's not. It's this thing into the unknown that's what it's called and that was the song losing generation so yeah pretty much um like a lot of punks they grew really apathetic and just cynical about everything and they're like well fuck the scene so i think greg graf and brett grewis just got together and was like you know what just they just didn't give a shit so brett brought in a keyboard they started writing stuff and that's and this weird prog punk garbage is what happened mm-hmm. Now, but you like this, yes, and so, you're calling it garbage. So, was it because because here's remember what I said at the start there are things that I look at that's objectively bad, but ah. I still enjoy. Was it meant to be a very prog, or was this kind of forced on them by a record? No, no, they, they were on an independent label, this was all their own choice. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, and then, um, Billy Nelson's, I think, is a better song. Now, notice there's a couple things. It is so much more 80s than like any bad religion thing I've ever heard. Like oh, it's absolute. This is completely different than anything they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you can imagine, it was not very well received. No. Like, they have erased this thing almost from their like history like they rarely ever talk about this um ever it's, they've ne- it's only it's never been reissued on anything except for like a box set a vinyl box set that now i think goes for around two thousand dollars roughly on ebay possess this no was no. was it is it shunned by like just music listeners and like as a whole or well, just by like bad religion punk so no um so this so they were they weren't that big at this time they, they, they their, their previous album the first one sold about like i think fifteen thousand copies roughly i could yep. i think that's the number so no they, they they had a strong punk following and obviously this does not help anything so obviously already even for 1983 this sounded dated dated the production is terrible the rhythm section because actually when the two guys brought it to the other guys. They literally quit on the spot because they're like, it's no, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But here's the thing, though. I the reason why I like this because I think it has some key bad religion elements mm-hmm. that went on to 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 kind of shape their later sound. So it's an so they use three part harmonies in this. There's a lot of great hooks. Bad Greg Graffin was much more. A much more refined vocalist on this record he wasn't as bratty as he was on the first album this uh, might honestly be the most important record in their entire discography it literally broke them up for a few years wow. it, it it just destroyed their their legacy at the time well not legacy their, their reputation i meant at the time mm-hmm. yet they've reformed much stronger they, they had a new sound and they just 
and then they just never stopped. Um, I do think this should be reissued. I think it's a very important album in the discography. But yeah, no, most most fans will regard this as a terrible record. As but for me, as much as I do think it's their worst album, I I, I do actually enjoy some of the stuff more than some of their late '90s material. So that's just me. So. Sorry, I'm not. So, and, I, and that's the last time I will mention bad religion in this episode. Oh, I promise. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I think I've, I think the fact I'm mentioning I so want, much is turning you guys I, into Christians. I, <laughs> I want the bad religion uh, counter at the bottom of the screen when we get the video. But anyway, little bell. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a ding every time. Okay, so for my next one, everybody should close their eyes. Imagine a giant filled stadium. Mm-hmm. Two men have just fought to near death, and there is a dispute over who has won. And then all of a sudden, you hear it. I really wish you had video right now. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a man, a huge man, a f- in a terrifying suit, man, in a suit, comes marching out with the greatest swagger on ah. earth. <laughs> Meanest look. He climbs into the ring, punches both men off, <laughs> off the, out of the ring, punches both of the refs, and then claims victory. This man is Shane McMahon. The chairman, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Sorry, you, Vince McMahon. Uncultured swine. Sorry, Shane's is us. Uh, Vince McMahon, the CEO of WWE. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do we do we all have uh, like WWE backgrounds? Because I, I was so. into it when I was a kid, and I was into it as of like a year ago. But I haven't been able to watch. <laughs> You're into it now. You have the video games, my friend. <laughs> well, Don't no, hide well, that no, shit. I haven't watched it in a in a year. I really haven't. But what, when did you stop watching Elliot? Uh, I think I think I kind of stopped watching. It was, I I mainly watched it when I was younger. I would hang out with my friend. His dad would watch it all the time. So we'd end up watching it with his dad, and then I stopped for a really long period, and then. One of my friends, it was like freshman and sophomore year. We had the, his dorm and my dorm were right next to each other. And he had like the box set of like the Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and like the beginning oh, of The Rock. Yeah. Rocks. Like they're, they're like storylines so in like WWE. Peak attitude era. Yeah, yeah. It was the attitude era. Like a whole box set for it. Or like a couple. And we would watch them. And I love the music from WWE. Like, yeah. their intro songs are so good. All right, listen, Elio. You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh. <laughs> but I cannot, I cannot, I cannot personally judge you because I was doing the same I, fucking thing. See, the thing, I don't feel bad anymore, <laughs> really, because I was, I was at my girlfriend's apartment and I was waiting for her. And I was watching a clip from WWE. Vince McMahon, I think he just beat uh, John Cena or something. And he's in the ring shirtless. And he's like, look, he's, he's like a buff grandpa. Yeah, he's, <laughs> That's what he's, he is. He's looking huge. And then all of a sudden, China comes out. Vince McMahon is standing in the ring. And then you hear China's theme song. And she comes in. And Vince McMahon has like the greatest surprise face ever. Sure. 
And then she gives him like one good punch and he falls out of the ring and he's disqualified. And then China claims her title. And but like my girlfriend had walked in and was like, I was watching it, like getting into it. Mm-hmm. And and she was just like, why? Why am I dating you? Like, why am I with you? Because here you are watching a, like the a, just a buff dude get beat up by an even buffer woman. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like cheering in my apartment. And so. God, that's not as bad as when me and my brother forced my dad to take us to Night of Night of Champions. What, what year? 2012, 2013. <laughs> oh God, who was champion at the time? I think Randy Orton. Wait, so wasn't this was this was when like Lesnar was like getting Paul Heyman in there and stuff like that? I don't know. I remember Paul Heyman coming out. So that probably would have been 2013. Okay, we got to stop. I can't. I can't okay, do so, this anymore. But, but like but my so, personal favorite though, my personal favorite. Um, WWE theme, bring it back to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's got to be Triple H's, you know, the game. Oh, the game? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Because that's Motorhead. This. It's just Motorhead. I was, was going to mention that. Great. So, Oh, this is a perfect transition. So I, I love this music for kind of the nostalgia that it gives. But then, like, it, it's kind of undeniable that the, this music is meant to pump you up. Oh, for sure. And excite you. That's what it's designed I mean, for. I, I have come to listen to it a lot when, like, I'm going to the gym or something. Or I need to be like excited for something. I, I listen to this music because it's just such a good pump up. Mm-hmm. But it's a guilty pleasure for sure. Because oh, no doubt. If I say, "Oh, I'm listening to Real American" by Rick <laughs> oh. Derringer, oh, people are like, "What? Why are you listening to mm-hmm. that song?" It's, well, or let's face it, he's not doing well. <laughs> so, so I mean, that that's Hulk Hogan's theme song. Yes. So, so I mean, it's. It's obviously everybody's going to question me why on earth I would listen to this music. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, there's the fact that it's like, it, is it, it good music? I mean, uh, maybe not the best. No. But I I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. I think it's for sure a guilty pleasure. And you deserve every ounce of criticism you may get. Oh. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Elio? I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna so. I'm going to shake your well, hand. No, because I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to walk. And we're going to walk. We're going to. Walk out to the Brothers Destruction theme, I, and we're gonna have a blast. I don't think so because Ass Man, Mr. Ass's song. It's so bad. Yeah, this, this is a terrible theme for a terrible gimmick. It's good. I think this. <laughs> <Sounds> m- like- <laughs> oh wow, he's pulling that out. You that guys remember when uh, CM, CM Punk's first theme song by Killswitch Engage? Yeah, no, Cult Personality is far superior. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but uh, that song got me into metalcore for a brief amount of time, which is, leads into my next guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Take it away. No, no. no. <laughs> yep. Uh, while I can say I never got, like, fully, like, exposed to the entire scene, Killswitch Engage was my shit. Oh. My shit. I listened to that album. Oh, God, I don't remember what it's called. Um, but I was in, like, the debate um, with uh, people over, like, Howard, um, what's his name, and their their old-slash-new singer, like, uh, Jesse something. Yeah. Um, As Daylight Dies was, like, the soundtrack to my seventh grade year. The, the end of Heartache. Oh, my God, it's so edgy. 
I love it so much. That song. Oh, it's so sick. And Don't then you, encourage him, Brent. And then you got, and then like even the stuff before Howard came in with uh, uh, like that stuff. I don't know. I, that stuff I is is good. But when Jesse came back for Disarm the Descent with this song, uh, you don't bleed for me. This is, oh, it's, it. it sounds good. It's so edgy. I mean, it's so edgy. The guitars are fine. I Wait just... until the vocals come in. <laughs> Michael, you have made you have made up for your last choice. This is oh, this yeah. is a good pick. This is this is you should you should feel bad for listening. To this. <laughs> I, I if you're listening to this, I don't feel bad for WWE and yeah. songs. But no, this this is the song. This is the CM Punk song. That uh, oh, and Randy Orton's for I think for a time as well. Really? I think so I think I think they gave it to him, and they're like, nah. Then they gave it to CM Punk. Um, but you know, I I'm still angry that they never decided to give him an actual punk song. Yeah. So, although then again, I don't think. Oh, the cover of Holy Diver! I forgot about oh, that. No. They covered Holy Diver. Oh. Listen to that. I don't know. I think this is good music. When the Foo Fighters <laughs> ripped this off for something for nothing, it sounded better. Yeah, yeah. Remember all the soul that Ronnie James Dio put in his performance of that song? I don't know where I went with Did this. Did you hear that pinch harmonic? That's metalcore right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's that that's was a, the epitome. Of so my what? Childhood. So what is it like? This is like the peak of like cringy, uh, what what core? Metalcore. Metalcore. Metal this yeah. is the like peak of cringe metalcore. Pretty much. There was also bands like uh, Bullet for My Valentine. Uh, who else, Brent? Uh, oh, who, so who this is the big names. I think Bullet's Devil worse. Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think those might be worse than Kill Switch Engaged. Oh, no, that's that's, that's never, the cream see, of the crop. See, so that's the, terrible. That's the stuff that I never expanded beyond, but it was... Oh, I trade you. It was Kill Switch and Bullet for My Valentine that... Oh, it ran my life in middle school, man. That's, that's all I listened to. Can, can I ask you I this, think though, I, I think because I'm a... I'm a little bit older than you. I think I missed it by a little bit because yeah, I know a couple of my friends listen to it. Mm-hmm. And can I ask you this, Michael? Mm-hmm. Do you still listen to Kill Switch Engage? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, well, wait, 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 wait. However, we keep however to except one song, which is that first one I played for oh, you. Oh, okay. You, you know, don't believe for me. Okay. I, that is, That's fine. That is, fine. Okay, that is still that in a playlist. <laughs> Yeah, that is still in a playlist I have called Angry Music. <laughs> I was. <laughs> it should be 13 year old angst music, is yeah. what that yeah. playlist should be called. But no, I, I still respect the band a lot um, for like, I don't know. They, I feel like they they set the example of what you shouldn't do in metal, which is like <laughs> mixing like really clean. The, I mean, the, the clean vocals mixed with like the screams, that's. I don't know. Some of rough. that can, it's rough, but like, I, you know, I, I don't mind that necessarily. It just needs to be done well mm-hmm. and they don't do it well. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I still, I still revisit my boys kill switch and gates. I'm a Howard man for anyone was wondering. I prefer no, Howard over Jesse. No, there's people I out wasn't. there that are wondering. But <laughs> a bunch of youth pastors out there. Yeah. Michael, <laughs> <laughs> just come back to the Lord, please. I will. I will. My next pick is going to is going to be better. But okay. I want let, so, I want to hear more of Elio's because he seems to always be bringing up the good ones. Oh, I could just talk about WWE more. That's all yeah. I want. I think it's actually. I think it's my turn. 
Oh, it is your turn. Yeah, yeah, go for no, it, Andrew. Andrew. All right, so I know I mentioned this name to you, and you didn't know this, which makes no. me a little sad. Okay. Maybe Elio does. I know Brent does at the very least. So I, because I told him about it last last night. Does it start with a clarifier? Like we're gonna hate it, but I don't know. I, I don't even know if you know this person. But this 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 was like this was one of the ones I was actually debating whether to put in because because here's the thing: this doesn't fall under the category of I don't think this is objectively bad music. In fact, I'm gonna say this right now: this person, she's one of my favorite music artists of all time. Like, Stevie Nicks. I hate you, Elio. Oh. No. So, uh, <laughs> all right. But but no, um, I genuinely think that she's amazing. But the reason why I pi- I'm just saying the reason why I picked it is because a lot of people for some reason still do not like her. And I don't. Oh. And I, I actually I know why, and it annoys me. Lita Ford. Alanis. Madonna. What? <laughs> Alanis Morissette. I don't know. I don't know who that is either. Are you kidding? I don't actually, actually know. You want to get on the mic real quick, Brent, and talk about it? Are you, you guys? Yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know. All right, Brent, tell me why Alanis Morissette's bad. No, I like I like Alanis. We talked about this last night. Well, you didn't say the like. I say. don't. Well, she's not bad, but I'm just shocked that you guys have never even heard of her. Yeah. Ironic. So I mean, that, that was her big too. song, Ironic, and it, that's why actually probably one of the reasons why people don't like her. So, if you guys don't know the song, Ironic. Um, Can you play it? Maybe I would. Well, I don't have a pull up. Um, I, I love, I love when her voice goes into that like fairy, oh, no, I fairy the register. Voice. Yeah. I can sing this whole thing. Okay, Andrew, I got a hot take about Alanis for you. I like her, but I feel like the reason why people don't like her is because she's affiliated. You know that, you know that store in like every mall in America, or like almost every mall in America, it's called like. Hidden Dragon or Chasing Dragon, no, I mean, and it's yeah, like the it. shop where you buy incense and knives okay. and dragon statues playing. and really. Well, like she's not playing there, but that cultivated personality like got entered into the mainstream through Alanis Morissette. I think that she set the precedent for that establishment being uh, an American staple now in malls all over America because she's just that's I don't think that's the she's, reason she's, but she's, she's, you, she's you can just have like a very uh, if you want I don't know she she was she was like a weird she tapped in like that weird like 90s quasi hippie thing that was like really like Tori really, Amos there too yeah all, yeah I kind of dipped into that a little bit too and also well for the record I also do really like Tori Amos so all right, hold on. Let me I let me play Tori. it. And by the do you have crystals in your in your dorm room? See, that, like I, yeah, like but 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 no. but like the thing no. is the thing is Alanis has good music, but the people that like her that fit the stereotype are far and that in that abundance. you know what that can maybe actually be part of it. And then you put it that way, so a lot of people don't like her because a part part of that song is like, oh, it's called ironic. She's talking about things that are ironies, and but there's no actual like like you know. Grammar, you know, English ironies volume. in there. But here's the thing, though. It, it's, it's right. There are, everything she's listing there aren't actually ironic. They're just general bummers. But actually, and I'm sure Brent might have actually heard this before, um, it is technically ironic that a song called Ironic has no ironies in it. So the song is ironic for everyone listening. So there we go. But the reason why people, a lot of people don't like her because she won like the Grammy for best rock album of '95 over like Tom Petty and stuff. It's like he's like, well, she's pop, not rock. And I think just that connotation of that, like, really, like, like, well, she's terrible. It's it's stupid. I mean, she could fit in either pop or rock. I don't care. I just judge the music based on itself. 
I guess back then that was a big deal because the Grammys ain't shit now. But like, yeah, back then it was, it was like, yeah, that was important. But but, th- but this album, Jacket Little Pill, was huge in in '95, in '96 probably as well. Like this is, I think Jacket Little Pill is like probably one of the best-selling albums of all time. I would, I don't know exactly what number that is, but it's probably up there. I don't know. I I I have a I have a strong love for her music, and so now, do you not normally tell people that you like her? Um, it doesn't come up in conversations very much because a lot of people don't really talk about her much anymore. She hasn't really sense. been relevant since the early two thousands, which is unfortunate. I think people are like like clearly by by your reactions to this, people are I think kind of forgetting about her, which yeah. makes me sad because it's, it's it's almost worse than people hating on her because at least then she's still being talked about, but. Mm. I think it's unfortunate. Just someone as popular as Brent has, I think people are just kind of she's she's really starting to fade out because I, I don't know how much touring she does now. I know she has a, like a family, so I think she might just be focused on that. Oh, okay. So who knows? But anyways, yeah. If you've never listened to Last Morissette, just listen to Jack a Little Pill. Never listen to her first two albums. They're don't start with Jack a Little Pill. Go to um her fourth album, and then that's all you need from her. Let's uh, let's let's get, let's make these our last round. Unless, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 this is this is the pinnacle of my guilty okay, pleasure. Well, I had here. disturbed. That's what I'm going to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what okay. I'm going to cut out. Mine was um my, the one that I was going to cut out was uh I tend to listen to <laughs> chill relaxed beats to relax slash study to. <laughs> You ever, guys have oh, ever seen that? I enjoy some of that. I do enjoy that, and I do do it. It's just, I enjoy some of that. We're I, just driving home that Michael likes music and like elevator music. Oh, yeah, music. so by the way, we haven't mentioned this yet, so I want to say this right now. So after we recorded the Dollar Bin CD episode, um, and of course, we, we, Michael found his, new, found his new musical love, Kenny G. Yeah. So um, Brent was, I would argue, rightfully making fun of him because might as well just be elevator music. And so, you know, Brent made the comparison that Kenny G is essentially Muzak. And then, so after the episode was over, like, my, Brent, with his brilliant genius, uh, told Michael, you know what, I'll play you the one Kenny G song that I like. And he started playing it. I immediately went, like, this is terrible. And then, but Michael was just kind of <laughs> nodding, jamming yeah, to it. Yeah, right. He was thought it was okay. And then Brent was like, oh, yeah. He turns the screen around. <laughs> like it. Oh, yeah, this is Muzak. This is actual elevator music. It's just sad you liked elevator music. So from now on, we're calling him Muzak Michael. Hashtag Muzak Michael. Hashtag Michael likes elevator music. We're never going to let, let, let him let this down. But don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> right, right. I'm surprised yeah. Kenny G wasn't in here, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. Like, like, there's so much vaporwave that's made out of yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't like vaporwave. I'm sorry, but anyway, my last one here, YouTube musicians. You and oh okay. No. What I mean by this, Rob Scallon, uh, Jared Dine's band. You Rest like the guitar man? I've never watched that before. It's actually pretty good stuff. Um, as a guitar player myself, I uh went through my oh. scene my junior and senior year obsessing over watching these youtube channels because they make fun videos like of like guitar challenges and stuff like that and it always just would drive me to be a better player um i particularly find interest in um rob scallon's solo guitar stuff not really a fan of like the more metal side because i think it kind of all sounds the same and blends together yeah the gent stuff it's it's i don't know it's boring to me but like this the anchor ep i don't know if you anyone here has ever heard that it's a solo guitar project um, that he kind of put together while he was on tour, and I will pull it up for you. But um, it's really different. He and on his earlier albums he sang too. He on this particular album he didn't. 
He took a lot of inspiration from um, Midwest guitar players with a lot of tapping and um, all of those emo twinkly chords and stuff like that. And then vocal-wise, he took a lot of inspiration from uh, Mike Kinsella of American Football and all those great emo projects that you'll know to love. Um, but here's, here's a good one called For That Second. Uh, it's just solo guitar, but it's, um, it's all like tapping and very intricate stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's good mu mood music for me to put on, and I've always listened to this album. Are you sure it's not it. unlistenable mu mood music? <laughs> no, this is listenable, and I like it. Um, so now, Michael. does it have any vocals in any of the songs, or is it just a on guitar? His, on, on that particular album, it's not, but then there's uh, this album called Aldine that has a song called Eventually, where there is vocals. I mean, that sounds fine, but here's the thing, like, I can't get over the fact that those channels are meme channels, essentially, and they are they, meme they channels. Annoy me. They if, annoy me to do a great deal. I will give this, though, like, what was it, Rob Scotland did, like, what, the Omnitone metal video? Yeah. And I was like, at first, like, oh, yeah, that, this this is actually kind of amusing, the, the child is shy to me, but then I, when, I, when I went to look up more stuff, when I saw more people doing it, I was like, wow, this joke works once, and after that, it's just stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, like sometimes there's interesting things they try to do and it's fine, but, like, who is it, like, Rob Scallon who tries to do, like, oh, like, he bought, like, a tiny plastic guitar from the yeah. dollar store. It's like, it just sounds bad. No. Why, why would I want to listen to this? this but at the, you got to realize that at the core, these musicians, while they do make these memes and stuff, at their core, they are great musicians. Like, this Rob sure. Scallon specifically, like, he, the dude picks up, like, a sitar or, like, this weird, like, Indian instrument and can learn how to play it in like a half hour, yeah. which is you gotta have respect is, for I that. I think he is actually like a classically trained musician. Like he went to school for it, mm -hmm. but like it doesn't really stop there. Unfortunately, I also really take a liking to a comedy uh, band called Ninja Sex Party. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. There, there might be some uh, fans out there listening, but they make really good kind of like ripping off '80s pop sound. And mix it with just tons of like very weird and sly lyrical themes of like, you know, obviously sex, obviously ninjas. But then they'll, they'll and then they put out great the covers albums too. Yeah, they put out great cover albums too. I also like I also like a, a YouTube channel called Mark Ribier, who's just a, a beat producer maker, like improvisational artist. So yeah, and and the reason why this is a guilty pleasure is because like most people wouldn't consider these. Uh, people to be real musicians because of the annoying. YouTube channels. <laughs> but I think if you listen to them beyond what they upload to YouTube, they actually have a lot to offer. Cool. Yeah. And I think YouTube is kind of going to eventually become the platform for a lot of uh, music to gain popularity. Musician, like there, there, are, there are a couple of music channels that I walk that talk about music. I've watched a few of those, but like there's only one YouTube musician that I've ever really gotten into, and her name's Emily Davis. Nothing to do with Hamilton Davis that works at CM Life. Mm -hmm. No, you got confused by that. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say what she got famous playing on YouTube because I promised I wouldn't mention them again this episode. But, you know, um, she, she she does a lot of original work. She's done like a good against me covers, lots of punk. And it's it, it's one of the few times where I see like acoustic covers on YouTube. It's like, this isn't terrible. This is this is this is actually pretty nice to listen to. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I that that's whenever I tell that to people, 
I, I always get some pretty bad reactions. <laughs> like I remember, yeah, I can, can kind of understand that. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is something that I've kept hidden for a very, very long time. You told me. I, I knew about this. Yeah, it, it's not something I open a conversation with. That's for sure. Uh, that's a smart. Decision. That makes sense. I right, Elio, go because we all know what it is. <laughs> all right, so I've mentioned them quite a bit on this channel. This this is his version of the you know who band of mine. This is this is a a good band, I believe. So I'm just gonna play a song that not a lot of people know that they probably won't. I think it's good. You wanted to look, mm-hmm. just so that you wouldn't say, "Oh, this is good." Was this off their last album? Yeah. Sounds like they're off their last. They're what something would be off their last album. Okay, so we're talking about Creed here. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Creed. Um, I've mentioned them before. Andrew makes fun of me. Dave makes fun of me. Uh, pretty yeah. much everybody does. I I don't think they're a bad band. They're considered like Christian rock, right? Is that the whole thing? So, tried to explain this before. They. People have put the whole Christian thing onto them <clears throat> because Scott Stapp now is like a born again, born again Christian. Yeah, a song called "With War- Arms Wide Open." <laughs> With arms wide open is about his child. I know. Hold but on. Still, I want to. I want to. I want to hear Elio's explanation. So now, I I I believe that they put this Christian label onto them because of what Scott Stapp is now. But when you look at the interviews and read what a band would say, like. When they actually, when they did put out the music, these songs had no tie to Christianity. Mm-hmm. They weren't tied there. The their first album and their second album does have like themes about religion in them, but that's because Scott Stapp has said that his father was like a preacher mm-hmm. and would justify his abuse of Scott, and then I think he had like a brother or sister and his mom by using religion and Scott Stapp struggled with religion between sort of liking it and then having that, I guess, demon in his life right. of his dad. And that's what those beginning songs were, were about. But then, I mean, when you, but then when he turns around and says, oh, I'm a Christian this is what I believe. And then you can put that into the songs you pull out Christianity and, talking about God, but when those songs were originally written, they weren't about any of that. Hmm. So, How do you you feel, uh, because Andrew, you're giving giving a look. Now that you have that background and that context. He has explained this to me before. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. The musicality of the band, is is that a a factor for you? You just don't like how it sounds? That that too. No, no, no. No, that's wrong. I, I think the songwriting isn't very good. I think it's actually pretty bad. Uh, but I want to I want to push back on that because but we can, can like I, hold on. Okay. We we have mentioned Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. We have mentioned Pearl Jam. Mm. Mm. We have mentioned other bands that come out of the 90s. And now a frequent critique that people give me is Scott Stapp's voice. The manner in which he sings, which is that low I don't know like yeah. Whatever Andrew just did. <laughs> that. But Scott Wayland, um, Eddie, Eddie Vedder, they all do that. And 
Scott Whalen, hold on. Scott Whalen sounds similar to the other two. All three of them, they share characteristics. Right. But nobody gives them flack. When Scott Whalen and Scott Stapp sound very similar, I, I kind of don't get that critique because if you don't like Scott Stapp's voice and what he does, you really shouldn't like Scott Whalen. So, 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 so the common thing that I hear, and this is what I kind of subscribe to, <clears throat> that he just sounds, that Scott sounds, not, it's not because he does that voice, it's because he sounds like a knockoff of those other singers. And which I which I do kind of hear like because when I hear Eddie Vedder, yeah, I hear the 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 yeah kind of vocals, but I I think he's cleaner done than when Eddie when Vedder does it. I think it's um I I, I do think that when Eddie Vedder does it, it it sounds more soulful and, and it, I think it has lots of power to it. Scott Weilin, yeah, little down the pecking order from him, but you know I still think he sounds manageable. I'm sorry, Elio. When I hear Scott Stapp sing, he sounds like this. Sounds like the drunk bar karaoke version of those singers. But I, I think the problem that uh, that I have is where I mean the the drunk karaoke guy. I mean, he never sings out of his range for the songs that they write. He's never outside of what he can do in a song. Mm. He never, he doesn't sound like he's drunk. He just has that lower resonant voice that that does what Scott Whalen does. And I mean, when when did Stone Temple Pilots start? Uh, early nineties. Like I think they're, I think 92. core was ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Give me, give me like so one. Play, so no, just played though. Is no. Musically, instrumentally, is nowhere close to Pearl Jam. Okay, okay, okay. Stone Temple. Stone, 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 can I actually make a point about that? Okay, go ahead. I, I just because I'm actually going to give Creed here a compliment, and I've said this before in the show. What do you think of Alter Bridge, Michael? Oh, I, I mean, I like one song by them. Okay, well, then I saw them before though. But here's the thing, though. I think Alter Bridge proves that that band had like like beyond Scott Stapp, there is definitely some talent. I think Tremonti's a good guitar player. Mm-hmm. I think the other guys are serviceable as well. When when I when I listen to Ultimate, it's like this is good. I like it because I like Miles Kennedy's voice. So I can like I said, I as I just said, I don't like I'm not I'm not a big fan of Scott Stapp's voice. But you know, I I will say that there was the, the band had talent. In fact, if we want if it, a band that they're also like because Creed is, has a, a reputation of being hated. And so that means they're all f- also frequently lumped in with Nickelback. I don't know if that's always a fair comparison because I think musicianship-wise, I think I don't think it's a contest in which band had more musical talent than between the two. And I would I would argue it is Creed. Mm-hmm. So do you like Nickelback too? Hell yeah. Right, no. cool. At least that's no. not on here. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen my, my, my last song. Oh no! I'm joking. Please, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but no, the last point I'd like to make from the the very s- small amount that I did get to hear, it sounds like uh, instrumentally, uh, it's you know they're Creed's using that style of vocals um, and pairing it with instrumentals that is nowhere near Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots. So in that respect, I think they're they're pretty original, which I, I think is a good. I- 
I, I think oh, the, the reason the reason I get I, okay, so the reason I put this on guilty pleasures, obviously, like Andrew just pointed out, people don't like him. No, you know, and I always have to defend him. But I mean, I don't think that like people always go, oh well, higher, arms wide open. You know, people go, well, those are their bad songs. Okay, yeah, I got it. But like, they do have good songs within their catalog. What there are there the are like to other. There are good songs. Uh, I'd, I'd have to pull it up. I think it's something bullets. I I remember. Oh, bullets! Yeah, yeah. That, no, no. That's I think that's a the, decent song. But, I, but what I'm it. saying is that like there there are actually good songs within Creed's catalog that I uh, I I think that if people just want to sort of dismiss them outright, I think that there's more to them. Yeah. Okay. Because like you were pointing out with what was the woman that Alanis Morissette. There you go. People only know like two songs. I think with Creed, they probably only know two songs. Arms wide open. And higher. So, I mean, I think if you're going to write them off, go for it. Mm-hmm. I think there is good stuff within their catalog. But so we've gotten well outside of the guilty pleasures thing because I've been trying to defend Creed for, I don't know, like four years now. <laughs> Checks his watch. <laughs> Jesus so, so yeah, I, I like him. Everybody gives me flack for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, not a secret. I mean, so I guess it's not like a hidden guilty pleasure, but. No, but it, but it's a good twenty Scott Staff shirts. Yeah, I got I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> I will I I will take anybody here to go see Scott Staff when he comes around. His his concerts are so that. enjoyable. They are very enjoyable. So he, here's what I'll give you, Elio, and I and I've and I told you this before. Uh, we last saw each other last semester. I I never thought I'd ever meet like a genuine hardcore music nerd who actually also enjoys Creed. I didn't think. That 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 existed in a Venn diagram, but apparently it does, and that's with Elio Stante. And I'm just gonna leave it there. Elio Stante, there you ladies go. and gentlemen. Okay, you got one to end it all. <sighs> this is this is just mainly for Michael. Twisted okay. sister. No. <laughs> Stop saying. With ACDC. The, 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 Twisted sister could have. No, I. Why would I feel guilty for liking ACDC? Because I hate ACDC. Because they're bad. They're like my second. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't. They're think my very second good. favorite band of all time. Ooh, man, right you're under, making fun of me for Creed. Right under the band that starts with the B. So, anyways, anyways, so I'm gonna preface this. I like this one song by this artist, and like it, it is a full-on guilty pleasure. I hate this band, like strongly. They're one of my least favorite bands ever. I know they're one of Michael's we've, least favorite bands. We've ever. agreed on this before. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. But I cannot deny that this song is quintessential cheesy '80s gold right here, and I, I don't. It's I don't think it's a good song. I really don't. I, it's got to be kind of enjoyable. I just really want to see Michael's face when I press play. <laughs> <laughs> Jer- uh, no! this, is, this is Journey's. Uh, no! Separate ways. Separate ways. I don't like the song. Gotta hate. Oh no! Again, I want to preface this. I. Fucking hate Journey. Yeah, I will never stop saying it. Journey's awful. Yeah, don't I stop agree. believing. I agree wholeheartedly. It's one of the bane of my existence, and every time I hear it, I just I feel like I've just a year has been ripped away from my life. Mm-hmm. I want to stop believing when I that's. I play it at a lot of like sport venues. And yeah, stuff. this is probably one of the reasons why I don't watch sports. <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. this song called? Several ways. ways, worlds apart. I like this song. I think of Journey's whole catalog. This is 
like the one shining moment you can really pull out of it. I am wouldn't go as far to say that. It's a shining moment. I'm home. close to you. I, I'm very close to you on that. I I grew up with a with a set of friends. Um, I won't I won't say their names, but they know who they are because they listen to this. <laughs> you should feel that if, Yeah, you should. Journey's bad, and they've been trying to convince me otherwise, and they've probably shown me or played clips of Journey, and they're like, "This is good, right, Michael?" I'm like, "No. How how is this how is this anywhere close to good?" Um, I want to quote. I think Elio said this one time about <laughs> I think about Imagine Dragons, where you're like, "On some plane of existence, I can see how this is music." <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about Shuri. <laughs> hey, Michael, Michael, you don't have to convince me otherwise. I'm with you. I'm glad. This is this is this, this is like my quintessential guilty pleasure. This is like the one song when someone comes up to me, it's like. Yeah, no. When if someone say, "What song that's on your phone right now that you feel guilty about having?" and I just I feel it's it burning a hole in my pocket. It's <laughs> okay. like, yeah. no, no, no. That's what I think. That or uh, the first song off of "Lick," the the song "Exciter" by Kiss off the first song off of "Lick It Up." Kiss, second uh, least favorite band. No, here's Kiss. here's here's the thing. I I I actually have that song "Exciter" uh, on on my list, but I didn't put it in because I didn't think a lot of people would know it. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, because I I don't think Kiss is necessarily bad i think because i do think they have a couple genuinely good songs in the midst of a career full of filler although 80s kiss though (laughs) as i said last week 80s kiss is some of the most unintentionally hilarious stuff you will ever listen to i think it is fucking hysterical okay i just want to know on what plane of existence do you like a journey song this one song he's he's making fun of me for creed no this is is like a talented guitar creed Creed. no Probably, you're probably right. In fact, I think you are right. <laughs> but again, I don't think this song, I don't even think this song is good. I just, I think it has. Wait, hold on. <laughs> what did I say at the start of the I'm episode? I'm so confused. This is like, I'm not sure. I'm like, this is, man, this was <laughs> such a twist. <laughs> we are throwing it out here. We are like, quickly man. finding out. <laughs> what did I say? Wait, sorry. Wait, sorry. We're I, quickly I, I've finding out you have I multiple personalities in you. <laughs> this is split. I, I worded that wrong, okay? <laughs> I said, I don't think the song is good, okay? But you like, I like it. it. Yes, on some guilty pleasure level, I enjoy it because I think the chorus is just so over the top. I, I just, it's just like, it's just got that hook. And I just like, oh, gee, you know what, Jesus, it's, it's, it's really hard to not just like, just go over the top of it, you know? it It's certainly not something I listen to that often, but Can I, every it, once in a while, if it comes on to shuffle... I, I'm gonna leave it on. Would there be a time where I accidentally walk in on you, like just out of the shower, singing this song into a hairbrush? Because uh, I could see that. No, okay. I don't think so. Again, so like I said to start the episode, there are some some of the stuff I think is objectively bad music, and this is certainly one of them. But if we're talking cheesy '80s pop pop rockets, like this is up there. Mm-hmm. This is up there for me. Like, I, like because I, I like a lot of that. Like Billy Idol, like I said at the start of the episode. Um. Summer six, like some summer sixty nine. Um, what's what's the other one? Danger Zone. I I I'm sorry. That I think that is like the pinnacle of cheesy eighty song. I like it. Some of sometimes it gets too cheesy. Like again, Duran Duran. Never never gonna get into him. And most of Journey and pretty much all of Journey's catalog. Never. But this one particular song, I'm not gonna defend it. I'm really not. But I'm just gonna say, I, I every once in a while. We may need you you to gotta come go. Back, I'm gonna go my separate we ways with my hatred of Journey. I'm gonna 
jam out to some. I was just saying one we song. might need Elio coming back because I might have to. It's quit. the one song, Michael. <laughs> it's the one song. You're gonna Michael. have to quit the job at the senator's office. <laughs> it's the one song. It's Michael. it's too much. You don't understand how much I hate this band. I hate this band too. Probably not, granted, maybe not as much as you do. In fact, I didn't think I'd ever meet anyone who hates Journey as much as I do, but Mm. you know, I think I think we found it. All right. So that was a good closer. I'm glad you brought that up, wasn't it? That was pretty good. See, I I think I brought the worst stuff here. I think I genuinely brought the worst stuff here. And again, I'm I I apologize if my picks were a little weak. Uh, it's mainly just because uh, Kill Switch again, is a good going thing. back to going back to the whole theme of the episode, defining a guilty pleasure is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, wearing your music on your sleeves, I mean, that's that's pretty much the best thing you can do to define your personality. Um, and if you can def- and you can if, if you can pick out and define your guilty pleasures and acknowledge that, yeah, they're guilty pleasures, but at the end of the day, they're who I am and they're part of my life. That goes a long way for presenting you as a better person. Hmm. I'm gonna leave that on that wholesome note. And so, so now we understand that um, we're gonna constantly make fun of Michael. Sorry. Now, now from now on, we're gonna constantly make fun of Michael for liking elevated music. And I feel like I'm not gonna get made fun of for liking Twisted Sister anymore because or Michael's gonna constantly bring up this song. Yeah, no, journey. I don't know. Journey is worse. Now, Michael, <laughs> you can make fun of me for liking this song all you want, and I'll accept it. Don't you ever, ever, ever claim I'm a Journey fan? Because that is where I will draw the line. Because yeah, that is I'm just inaccurate. A Journey shirt for like his birthday or something. Oh, that's perfect. I'll pitch in for that. I really will. <laughs> I'm going to get you a Kid Rock shirt for oh, your birthday to do that. That's What's hilarious. worse would be new, the Nuge. Did you know that was almost going to be my first concert? Ted Nugent. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was my second concert. You know, really? I think yeah. I remember saw seeing like a concert once for Deep Purple. I was like, oh, that looks cool. Then I saw Ted Nugent was opening. I'm like. I love Deep Purple. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Mm. Like, honestly. Not, you not being ready for it, are you guys ready for our recommendations? Oh, oh what a that? segue see, that this was. See, is, this is what I miss, Elio's transitions. <laughs> not only are they bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But they're, they're bad. Who's starting? I'll go. I got, I got one artist. Her name is Tal Wilkenfeld. I believe if I pronounce that right, I can never, I can never, yeah, Tal Wilkenfeld, she is a bassist who kind of just does like real jazzy blues instrumental songs, but the two that I really like is Corner Painter and Under the Sun from an album that she hasn't released yet, but instead of it being like her regular music, she's brought in other guitarists and singers to do uh, like the vocals and guitar work for her, which is pretty cool. And Corner Painter, I think, is is probably the best one of the two. It was really frustrating because because you showed me this before 
and but it's you can't buy it anywhere which is a frustrating oh see i just pulled it up on spotify i know that's, it's that's on spotify a, i mean that's the only place i found it yeah but i, I yeah but i couldn't find it anywhere else well this is really frustrating but yeah no i, I think I, I think it has a really good beat to it and i think it really has a she has a really kind of intense voice for for the kind of music she's making so yeah it's really cool so that that is my recommendation it's just two songs that's all it is that's all you need to listen to her listen to by her I guess this kind of continues the overall cheesy theme we have going with this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so my recommendation is a band called White Wizard. Um, so they're, I guess they're cross between I guess like power metal and the new wave of British heavy metal. I reason why I love this band, um, I think they, because then I'm a sucker for power metal and new wave of British heavy metal. Mm. So are they a new band? Fairly, I think they. According to my thing, they had an album in a 2009 called High Speed GTO. So, you, so that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, I think they genuinely have a lot of fun hooks to them. That's why I really like them. The guy can hit it, the lead singer, he, he can hit a lot of high notes. recommend um storm chaser over the top um oh what's the other one um star child's going one too cool. so yeah this is my pick so a bit cheesy but i i, I think they generally have some really good hooks so, so cool. that's my pick all right so uh so next week i'll prelude this we are talking about my favorite <sighs> my favorite band of all time i'm not recommending them uh but i'm i want to put them in a mood right um, for anyone who actually listens weekly, the, the four or five of you. But um, anyway. Up from uh, one, Michael. <laughs> but yeah, um, I my favorite band of all time is Dinosaur Jr., and we're talking about them next week. So you're going to witness Michael nerding out to 100%. Oh, yeah. And to put, I'm not going to recommend you listen to them because um, Andrew's not letting me. But <laughs> to put you in that late 80s alternative mood, just go back and listen to this classic. It's uh, called Doolittle by the Pixies. Um, and probably everyone on who has a, uh, a cool parent has listened to this album and it's been played before in your house. But there's songs like Debaser, Wave of Mutilation, Here Comes Your Man, Monkey go- Gone to Heaven, uh, There Goes My Gun. Just a bunch of, just a collection of just great gems and hits. And uh, it, it'll be a great prelude for next week's episode so go ahead and listen to that if you uh, if you got a little time we'll just put you in that good 80s alternative mood
good thing to come out of the 80s. IMHO. Oh, um, punk rock? Yeah. Well, like, Thrash metal? Early, Kenny sorry, Loggins? Early shit. <laughs> Wait, what? Kenny G. Kenny G. Kenny there G's you go. Kenny okay. G. The only two good things. Kenny G punk and the 80s all Thrash metal? <laughs> I'm kidding. R.E.M.? Come on. You're, you're just. Kenny G's over Black Flag any day. I'm sorry. Michael, you're fired. <laughs> all right. You did it. That's it. All right. Anyway, on that bombshell, um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Totally go out and listen to Alanis Morissette in separate ways. And Creed. Sure. And Rob and, Scallon. No, I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> and uh, be happy about what you listen to and don't feel bad. Yeah. Unless if it's Creed. I, I, I have a good night, everyone. Or Twisted Sister. I have a good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you managed to make the author, whatever the fuck this was. And uh, we'll see you next week when we talk about, as Michael said, Dinosaur Jr. Woo! Good night, Detroit. Bye. <laughs> night, Detroit. I think that was your best outro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that was it. I think you figured it out. Just say good night, Detroit. <laughs>